At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Okay, do do your disclaimer. Oh, wait, can I do it this time? Yeah, you go for it. What? Lame! <laughs> you suck. Now, nah, go on. Wait, this Lame! Podcast. Okay, third time, I'll let you do it. I'll let you do it this time. I'm not going to do it, you can do it. No, you do it. You do it. No, it's your thing. You do it. No, no, you do it. This is getting weird now. Yeah. you got to say it. I promise I won't do the lame thing. <laughs> you can say something nah, I promise this time, this time I won't. Warning, this podcast might... I can't do this one, actually. Warning, this podcast might contain context and language that you might find offensive. If you're offended, fuck off. Or you mean content or context? Both. See, it's trickier, isn't it, when you put on the spot? It is, but that's why we need a script. Like, I'm not scripting this bullshit. It's already wank as it is. It doesn't need to be wanked, wanky, wank, wank. See, I can't even get that right. <laughs> it can't be wanky scripted wank. It just yeah. needs to be wanky, regular wank. Yeah. Just say roll credits. Roll credits. Yes. Welcome to the Seesaw Podcast with Tea and Cleaves. Each week, offering up a great perspective on life. Welcome Let's... to... <laughs> Fuck's sake. You fucking dweeb. <laughs> nah, go on, nah. <laughs> your thing. Welcome to this week of Seesaw. It took many attempts to get to this stage because Cleves is being an absolute cock gobbler. But welcome. You you have been warned and I, I've already dropped a, a naughty word. But What, cock gobbler? Yes. Not necessarily a nice word, is it? Well, I don't know. It's a living, isn't it? Well, I'm not yeah. saying it's my living. I'm just saying, you know, it's a living. People do it. People do it for fun. Whatever. Yeah, I know someone's living that it is, and I hear about it frequently. Yours. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> probably, it probably pays quite well, to be honest. I'm sure she does okay. Well, that makes it sound like you're talking about your wife now. It's not my wife. It's my neighbour. <laughs> just to make that abundantly clear. Your neighbour cut gobbles you. That's abundantly clear. No, no. What is it you're trying to make abundantly clear? Uh, windows. That'd be my window cleaning firm. Abundantly clear. It's quite good. It's quite a good name, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to take that away from you. It's quite good. <laughs> also, it starts with an A, which means I'm at the top of the listings. Well, underneath A1 window cleaning. Yeah. Because it's always a fucking A1 something. Or AAA windows. <laughs> yeah. How the AA got to the top of the phone book. That's the thing yeah. as well, though. You don't even need to be... Why are you even like, oh, as if A's got the 
your top of the phone books. That's not the case anymore. Mm. Well, no one has phone books. So, what are we talking about this week, Leaves? This week's topic of the week is a very, very special topic, specially about dogs. About specific dogs? Well, not your neighbour, like guide dogs. <laughs> I think that's quite rude. But you don't even know her. I've seen her. I've spoke to her. Have you? Yeah, briefly. Huh. It was about a 30-second encounter, and I'm not happy about it. When was that? Ages back. We were all in the garden, so it must have been a long time back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah, I think she was out doing her hot tub life, as she does. Mm. And she was like, oh, how you doing? You all right? That wasn't her accent. It was more it of like... It pretty a, much is her accent. To be honest, she's from Nottingham. Yeah, there's different kinds of Nottingham accent, though, and it was the Scummy Clifton one. Oh. All right, guide dogs. This is what we're talking about. The dogs that guide... Everything you need to know about getting one. Can you get one? Do you want one? Are they good? Do you need one? Do you, yeah. So do I they think, need you? I think we'll do two parts of this. Like you said, we'll do like the getting one and all that side of things. And we'll do like life with a dog because there's a lot more to it than just getting a dog. Like death is only the beginning. Life with a dog will speak to next door's husband. No, <laughs> he doesn't have a husband, and you can't keep. We can't keep ragging on prostitutes, man. Oh, you said prostitute, and no point before this time had we ever said that she was a prostitute. I believe escort is the proper term, but yeah. You know, but again, it's a living. Call a book a book, and call a house a house, and a prostitute a prostitute, and a guide dog a guide dog. Yes. All right, so we're back on topic, kind of. It was a stretch. Just like next door's was you. Oh, <laughs> you need to get off this. Look, you set them up, you know, someone's got to knock them down. We can't have shitty puns and just like... I've got great fundamentals. leave me alone. This ain't whose line is it anyway. I assume at this point it's yours. It is. <laughs> All right, let's get back on topic. Who'd have thought it'd be me saying that? If you want a guide dog... You, th- you Let's say you think you're eligible. You know, you get and you start to go a bit blink. And you think, ah, oh, guide dog's the way for me. How do you know if you're actually ed- eligible? I'm going to answer these questions as someone who is a guide dog, well, up until recently a guide dog user. I got my first guide dog in 2012. So it's been a little bit of time, uh, nine years. I'll preface this by saying things might have changed. So eligibility, you have to have an assessment to begin with. You Haven't have, you got another one coming up? I have another one next week. Oh, we should have done it after that. It's, Too late. Carry on. It's fine. The assessment is a mobility assessment. So you have a, an interview where they ask you many questions, just loads. How many, roughly? Seven? Fifty. Oh, fifty. That's more than seven. A fair amount of questions. Okay. And those questions can range from just like the basic information to things like how independent are you how have you had any mental health issues do they get you to rate them on like a sliding scale like Mm, one very um, mental ten pretty all right no not really okay they just ask more sort of like specifics Hmm. if you've had any of these issues okay and then 
after that, you have a in-person mobility assessment. What goes down there? In that situation, they need you to show them that you can do two different routes. So you need to be able to walk to a location. What? But on you one without a dog? Without a dog. Right. With a long cane. So you need to be able to demonstrate that you can do this. Each has to be around 20 minutes minimum. It can't be just like next door. This just sounds like they need to get some exercise. Yeah. Also, it's definitely not like next door because they get a different kind of exercise. (sighs) Yes. Yes. Carry on. Go on. So this is is going to tie back. I'll go into more detail when we we talk about the actual training and application and that sort of thing. But eligibility is based on these two aspects. Guide dogs, they are really specific about who they give a dog to. Just going back a step, why why do they make you do that twenty like that two lots of twenty minute walk? What's the point? If you're going to get a dog, surely the the, the dog is there to help you do that walk. You so, can already do it already. What's the point? So the, the thing with that is you need to have a certain degree of independence. There's a misconception out there that you have the the blind person sitting in the house on their own and then guide dogs step in and then they get a new lease on life and then like the camera lens changes from that grain like a grainy sepia or like grayscale to like bright and vibrant like that's that's a misconception you need to be independent to get a dog you you can't be just sitting on your one in your front room just doing nothing because guide dogs won't entertain your application because they're putting a lot of effort into these dogs and they don't want it to be the case that you're just sitting at home anyway and then the dog just gets fat and unhealthy and doesn't get walks. You need to be an outgoing, independent person. The point of the dog is they make what you're doing currently easier. It kind of makes sense, to be fair. Like, if you're... If you're not doing anything, then what's the point of having a dog? Because the dog's just going to be there to help you do nothing all the time. True, but some people who are doing that would say, I would do something if I had a dog. Mm. Probably lies, though, isn't it? Some might be lies. Some might not be lies. Maybe, I get that people might want that confidence booster. That makes sense. But the point is, you need to be active. And then the dog gives you confidence doing what you're already doing. And gives you that confidence to do more. Mm. That's the point. So when I had my first dog, I was already really quite active. Like long cane user. And I would go all over the place, really. Learn routes, go to shops, pubs, all sorts of places. It didn't really bother me. I was sort of out and about. And when they said, oh, why do you want a dog? I said, because... You can never tell what's going to change in your environment. And that's the issues that I have. Like signs getting put outside and people get in the way and streets get busy and roadworks and stuff. Like These are the things I struggle with. And I just need something to make it mindless because it took a lot of concentration for me. I had to concentrate so hard. And now that I haven't got my dog working, I had to concentrate so hard on 
even basic routes. But even then, like, sometimes you get into your own head, don't you? You just start, like, daydreaming or whatever. Especially about work. If you're going to work or coming from work, it's mm. like you're thinking about, oh, I need to do that tomorrow or, oh, what have I got to walk into today? And, yeah, you do. Accidents do happen. But that's when the dog is great because they, they have their basic principles of what they do. And people think they're robots. And they're really not. They they go on command. You have to tell them what to do. Forward, left, right, stop, about turn, that sort of thing. They they go on commands. They'll stop you walking into things. They'll stop you walking like falling down holes and shit. Like they'll stop in like curbs and things and stop you getting hit by buses. But you have to tell them where to go. So it kind of makes sense then if you still have to know the routes, then you still need to know roughly where your surroundings are in order to be able to work the dog. Yes. Okay. I know a totally blind person and they have applied for a dog twice in the last three years, been rejected twice for a dog. And they're totally blind. The person, sort of person, like they're young, they're in their 30s, early 30s, the sort of person you would think is ideal for selection. But they have been rejected twice. What's their lifestyle like, though? Do they work? Do they go they out? They don't work. They don't go out. They get a taxi everywhere. If they are going somewhere, instead of like using public transport or just walking down to the bus stop or walking to a local shop, they'll get a bus. Uh, they'll get a taxi or an Uber, absolutely everywhere, and they need help in and out of that. And then they need something like their, their idea of going shopping is finding the shop beforehand to get assistance, which is absolutely fine. But then they'll walk out to an Uber, get in the Uber, get the Uber driver to take them to the door, get that person to take them around the shops, then get the Uber dri- another Uber driver to meet them at the door where they're shopping, take them back, and then help them with the, like, their stuff inside the house. For something like that, though, the dog's pointless, isn't it? It's 100% pointless, and that's why they've been rejected twice. Yeah. Well, how... Okay, so moving on then, I was going to say, how hard is the process? How long is it? It is quite difficult to get one. You're more likely to get one if you have some sight, but I do know to- like people with no sight totals who do have dogs. And generally speaking, the waiting list is around two and a half years, two to two and a half years. That is a long time. That's for a new dog. Well, you can just have a, a B-side. So, get it... one that's been sent back. <laughs> oh, do they have like a, a second-hand shop for guide dogs? Like this one, this they, one's not working. They don't. Um, guide dogs not all of them pass like becoming a guide dog but I just mean how hard is it for someone to get one it is quite difficult to be honest because you've got to get through like these preliminary stages and even then they're not easy and even though I am a previous guide dog user I have my mobility assessment next week and I don't know if they're going to turn around and say you need another dog my sight has gotten worse, but I don't know. They could turn around and say, we don't think a dog's, another dog's right for you at the time. Mm. They might say that, and I have to respect that because they have a charity. Yeah. I can reapply, but they don't have to give me another dog. Mm. So it is quite difficult because you could think you're the perfect candidate for a dog, and guide dogs for the blind might turn around and say, well, we disagree. Mm. In terms of that length of time as well, you were saying that potentially not all dogs pass. I assume they've got grades to pass. And 
firstly, I guess, if they've all got a whole like pool of guide dogs, if you like, and then they all have to take tests and then not some of them pass, then there's only going to be a, some, a like a smaller pool after they've taken those tests of the ones that pass. It's like a finite amount of dogs, isn't there, for people that yeah. are not increasingly blind, but there's a, there's a growing number of people that want dogs. Yeah, that that's the thing. Again, a common misconception is that guide dogs will take any Labrador or Golden Retriever, but they don't. Anyone who says, I breathe for guide dogs, blah, 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 take them with a pinch of salt, um, a lot of the time it's going to be a lie. Guide dogs will breed their own dog. They've got the National Breeding Centre in Leamington Spa, and I know they probably have a few like specific breeders across the nation, but the amount of times you hear that phrase, oh, I breed for guide dogs, it's like some people are bullshitting. Otherwise, there'd be millions of the things everywhere. So they're very picky about their dogs, and that's why they have the National Breeding Centre. So they'll have uh, they'll have a bitch that they will use, like have a few times that they will they like the way they are, they like their their chemistry, their biology. Like next door. <laughs> but they'll get a few litters out of her, and <laughs> go on. <laughs> And then, of course, then some puppies are sick. Don't, they have too many medical issues, so they'll be cut immediately. And then they would go on to basic training. They go on to puppy walkers. And sometimes... They're cut. The, the, sometimes they're cut because the, the dogs just won't have the attention span. They might have something about them which makes them like really not good. Make, won't make them appropriate. Sometimes puppy walkers make them bad dogs and give them bad habits. It's sad to say, but sometimes people get brought into the whole, oh, isn't it an adorable puppy? Oh, how important can it be to stick to this very strict training regime? And then they come through and they're not as good as they should be. So they're cut as well. And then they do have their final exams where they need to prove that they can be attentive under pressure. So pressure could be like uh, walking down Oxford Street at like five o'clock in the evening on a Monday. That's a very di- that's difficult for anyone to walk down. But how does the dog deal with that? And these are the sort of tests that will be given. And if they're not up to if they're not up to standards, they'll be cut. So out of a litter of, say, 10 pups, you might get two, maybe. And you've only got so many litters coming through at once. So if we're getting like 20% of all the dogs sort of qualifying, even if they have 1,000 dogs a year, it's 200. It's not a lot. Mm. It's really not a lot. And that's me being generous with the amount of pups that they're getting every year. And then when you consider the fact that People with dogs, like current users, they have dogs that retire, dogs that are early retired, or dogs that unfortunately die in service. They they go on the list, and of course they take priority. So if you're new to wanting to get a dog, that's why it takes two, two and a half years, if you're lucky. Because Makes there's, sense. There's only so many dogs they have that are of the standard that they want. Yeah. And... Because I'm a previous user, I will jump above the list of new users. That's how it works. So I will get... Like, if you've recently applied for a guide dog, I'll get one before you. I'm sorry, but that's because I've built my life around having a dog. 
And it's once you've got a dog, we'll go into this in the second episode, but it does change your whole aspect of life and how will you do things. And it's tough. It's super way tougher than it was before I had a dog now. Because I've had that and it's been taken away. Like if you want a guide dog, good luck. Like it's it's not impossible, but just know that they take this very seriously and just because you want one doesn't mean you're gonna get one. Trust their processes. They know who deserves one, and you'll get one if they think you need one. All right. How do you find the right guide dog for you? So this this is another tricky one. You have pairings. Once you've done all your paperwork, let's say you've been successful, you then get paired with uh, a guide dog a mobility specialist. Come on, what they're called. They keep changing the name of them. Then what will happen is you will be brought dogs, much like a brothel, periodically brought dogs, and then you'll do a mobility walk with them, where you'll go out, you'll see how it goes, and then the the guy, the person on guide dogs will see what the chemistry is like. How do they judge that? So responsiveness, how how you walk with the dog, if they listen to you, because they'll give you the basic commands. Right, okay. And they'll say behind you, oh, we're going to turn right up here. And then you've got to say, oh, um, Mortimer, right, right turn, that sort of thing. If they don't listen, then that's a red flag because they just, they're not into you. And sometimes they just... It's more about the dogs not liking the owner than the other way around a lot of the time. Mm. Sometimes the dogs are just like, not interested. Just, I don't listen to you. I don't know you. I don't like you. And they just don't work. I was lucky because the first dog that I was sort of paired with and did that walk with became my dog. Even though there were mishaps on the walk, he was a bit of a nightmare. He wanted to do things that were very naughty. He tried to eat bananas that were left on the road, all sorts of things. Sounds like next door. <laughs> I'll be glad when we move. <laughs> but then we got back to the house, and then while the, the guy, the person guy does was apologising about their behaviour, I was just like, no, I thought it was, he's got personality, he's fun he's interesting like he he's his own he's got his own personality right you say that what i feel is the guide dog specialist went we really need to offload this dog we've tried like four different people and this guy's been like mm, he seems like the the guy that was willing to take anything at this point you know what cinched it <laughs> go on what cinched it was we were having a chat and my my dog's name is weston and Weston was just sort of like, he came in and the, the personal guide dogs had him on the lead or he went into the house and then sort of like got him down the floor, took the lead off so he could stretch out. And what cinched it for me was Weston walked across the room while we're having this chat. He walked across the room and then he sat in between my legs so that he could have a bit of a cuddle. And that's at that, that moment there, I was just like, We've got something here. And he's still a needy little fuck right to this day. Yes, he is extremely <laughs> needy. But that's the sort of thing that he came to me. I wasn't anyone in the room. There's around four or five of us in the room. But he came to me. We just had the walk. And he came to me yeah. and sat in between my legs. And I thought, 
he sees something in me because he's come to me for this. That's nice, isn't it? And that's when I was like, I said to said to the person with guide dogs, like, I think this could work. Like, <laughs> like I can I can control him. And they said they were upfront. They said he's not the best guide dog we could do. Like he passed, but just barely. You're going to have to be on his case all the time. He can be a nightmare sometimes. He's not a robot dog like some of them are. Like, you're going to have to, like, it will be an ongoing battle with him. Sounds like me and you. Yeah, pretty much. And I said to him, that's fine. I, I'm i extremely patient and, you know, we'll get on okay. Like, I'm fine with that. I've got no issues. And from that point, we were paired. Which, like a couple of Bluetooth devices. Yeah, pretty much. So what happens then? Wait. So that, right, hang on. Just just to be clear on the process, they came round to like your house. You have a little walk around or whatever, and then you sort of you're paired. Then what happens? I mean, if the pairing doesn't go right, then they just take the dog away and they come back with another one. They got you saying it doesn't recognise your device. Yeah, sometimes you you don't have five point and they, so if if you're not paired, they'll just walk away and then they'll take that dog to someone else. The idea is they want to get the chemistry going. So if you're successfully paired, then they'll brutally whip the dog away from you and you won't see it again for a while. Then you're sent a letter basically saying, we now need to go into intensive training. A guide dog will get 12, until the age of 12 months, they will be of a puppy, puppy walker and they'll get a basic training, like any soldier. Then for the next six months, they'll get specialist training. So this pairing walk you have is at 18 months. And that's where they're with the instructor from guide dogs, not a volunteer, where they're getting specialist training. Like, this is what we expect you to do. Don't walk them into lampposts. Don't drop them down holes. Cars are bad, that sort of thing. You have your pairing visit, and then you're, if you're successfully paired, you'll be sent a date. And that date is a two-week training program in a neutral location. Now, I don't know what they're going to be doing going forwards because of COVID and stuff like that. They've been on, like, guide has been hibernating. I'm not going to lie, they've been hibernating. Zoom training. You can't really do that, though, can you? doesn't really work. You get guide dogs that would be really great in cinemas. <sighs> they, <laughs> they tell you not to take guide dogs to cinemas. Like, I don't think Wes has ever been to a cinema. Oh. Like They give you a list of the things you cannot do, <laughs> and you have to stick to that. Okay, fair. I mean, you're technically not supposed to have more than a few beers when you've got a guide dog. That's all because of one idiot, but we won't get into that. So where was your um, where was your training done? Mine was done in I can't remember exactly where it was, but it was North Dorset. Ugh. It was in a very small town, Ugh. and I was taken there, and <laughs> not against your will, <laughs> not against my will. But then you Liam Neeson didn't come after you. <laughs> no, no, he didn't. But I was taken to this hotel, and it's in the middle of nowhere. And God does pay for yeah, all of Yeah, it's called Dorset, mate. Yeah. <laughs> but God does pay for everything. They pay for, like, your rooms and stuff like that. 
And they have specific hotels they go to. Wait, wait, wait. Just back up one second. Guide Dog pays for your rooms. But what I'm hearing is Guide Dogs is funded by people like me who mm-hmm. pay money for dogs. So yep. you're basically saying I'm paying for your fancy accommodation. Yes. It better have been Travel Lodge at best. It was Travel Lodge. Okay, I'll let you off. Go yeah. on. It wasn't fancy at all. If it was going to be like some sort of five-star glitzy... No, 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 no. Spar and cucumbers on the eyes, no, free no, massages, no, no, no. like... No swimming pool, no Spar in your room. Nothing. Yeah, yeah, good. Fine. It was... It's what you deserve. It's Carry on. literally, you get a room, a place to take your dog to the toilet, and somewhere to eat in the evening, and that's it. All right, fine. As like, long as I'm not getting screwed at your expense, that's the main thing. No, 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 no. It's basically like a prison camp. Wow. Travel Lodge is a little bit better than it, that. Give Lenny Henry some credit. I love Lenny. Lenny. This might have been Holiday Inn, actually. By the by, carry on. Well, you go to this place, and it is sort of like a prison camp, because they're usually in the middle of nowhere. They're nowhere that you know. Does the guide dog know? No, or is it new to, no, no, new no, to the guide dog as well? New to the guide dog, new to you. Right, okay. It has to be on neutral ground for both of you. Okay, okay, okay. So yeah. that they can train you in the techniques. Technique. And, <laughs> and like how, how to like work with the guide dog without them knowing any of the area or you knowing the area. Okay, fine. That's what they want is you knowing where you're going. Yeah, okay, and that makes sense. similarly yeah. with the dog. They don't want the dog knowing what the best route is. It has to be completely neutral, and that's why you end up in the middle of nowhere. So you do this for two weeks, like intensive, no weekends off. It's nine till five every single day for two weeks, and you do all of the basic commands. I don't know what it's like when you're retraining a dog. I don't know if it's still two weeks if you're like you're on the next dog, but it's just two intensive weeks, and you do all of the training, absolutely everything. Visit some more different people in guide dogs, so from vets, you name it, like they'll be involved, like everyone in guide dogs, like the breeders, all sorts of stuff. So you do the intensive two weeks, and then after that, you can take the dog home. Woo! Birthday. Because at this point, you haven't seen the dog since that pairing walk. Yeah, but you've done a good two weeks with them. Yeah, you do. Then the next time you see him, you do two weeks with them, and it's like a bonding exercise. And then you go home with the dog. Then the real job begins, because it's all about building chemistry, and the dog will push its luck for a year. Like it, it will just challenge everything. The guide dogs tell you about this as well. They clearly say this dog will challenge you at every corner. Because it wants to make sure that you're like the new boss, but that's basically what happens with like the training. So you just do different routes and techniques and stuff like that. What kind of the stuff uh, is involved in the training? Is it is it walking routes around the place that's there? They'll tell you where to go. So usually you'll get into a car in the morning and they'll drive you to some weird street. And then they'll just say, okay, go down here. And then when I tell you to turn, turn. Okay. And they'll tell you the commands and stuff like that. Do they, they do, do they do like, okay, that's like one thing, like walking down streets or whatever, that's good for getting to shops and things like that. Do they do different aspects of it? Like, do they get you to walk with a dog, like, for example, in a bar or a restaurant or to a toilet or something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do that as well. Okay. 
but they will tell you where it is because the assumption is you know these routes. Yeah. So they'll say, like, we want you to go in here and find the toilet. The toilet is straightforward and to your right. So tell the dog to find it. And then you have commands like find the box. Well, that kind of works as well because if you're in a, even if you're in a restaurant you don't know, you can just ask the, the waiter or something like, oh, where's the toilet? And they'll probably say up the stairs to the left or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can tell the dog that. Exactly. And like one of the classic, classic commands is find the box. And that's just more about. Isn't that what next door says to her clients? <laughs> I don't think they need direction. <laughs> They're hungry men. But find the box is like find the point of reference. So if you know the bank is nearby and there's a cash point, find the box. The dog will find the cash point. The same like how do they know what the box is? Because it's anything of reference. Yeah, yeah, no. But how do they know what the reference is? How do you know what the reference is? Because they're shown like multiple things, like cash points are a box, pelican crossings Ah, are a box. Okay, right, 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 right. Public toilet is a box. They they go on in sales. my head. You, I, I thought it was like it was a specific cash machine that they no, had to find, no, no. or not not just a cash machine or a crossing, or yeah, okay, that makes sense. They're taught that these various things, like the buttons on a pedestrian crossing, is the box. Okay, the like the ATM machine is a box. A public toilet is a box. They're taught all of this thing means box, and they're rewarded with like treats during their training. So if you know something is nearby, you go find a box. Find a box. You've got to be energetic and yeah, you've got to give them a lot of praise and find the box and they'll find it for you. If you know you're roughly in that area. Mm. And even if it's a place you've never been to, provided that you've sort of navigated like using Google Maps or something like that to a location, you can do the find the box and they'll find it. Like they'll find it. If you know that there's a cash machine near, they'll find it. Because they're good. Because that's how they're trained. So they're amazing in that sense. They're just not robots. People think they're robots. They're really not. They're stupid. (laughs) Just a quick one to finish then. Useful. Worthwhile. Even with all the training and the pairing and all that. Is the process a worthwhile process? Is it a needful process? Yes. I would say yes. Because guide dogs will let you know... If you are eligible for one. If you're not eligible for one, guide dogs will not waste their time or money. Their, their process is right, is what I'm saying. Yes. Do you think that? Yeah, yeah. Yes. You've, you're facing the system. On average, a guide dog will cost £50,000 to train. And then guide dogs will pick up the food bills and vet bills from that point for the entirety of that dog's life. In theory. There are some like caveats to that. But in theory, they will. The and donators to the cause will. Yes. But that's a lot of fucking money. It is. No one's They do that. not give these dogs to people who do not deserve them. Yeah, that's fair when that money's at stake. It's a lot of money. So they, they don't squander it. They really don't. They do good work. And there's actually tangible results. Unlike a lot of charities out there. You don't know what they do. R&IB. Yeah. <laughs> At least with guide dogs, you see the end result. You see them walking around. And hopefully now that people have heard a little bit about what goes into the training and how they're selected, it makes a bit more sense why they cost so much. Yeah. Because they require the best 
like the best breeding, the best food, the best trainers. I, you know, we've got to have Etnies. So, <laughs> I said like you wear the Etnies. I know, I love Etnies. Yeah, it's pretty much my. Yeah, it's pretty much my brand. <laughs> At Etnies, sponsor us, please. <laughs> <laughs> so that they are really expensive. I think in the next episode on this, we will go into the life and times of having a dog. Because just because you want one and just because you get for the application doesn't necessarily mean you should have one because they are a huge responsibility. And they will change your life for the better and the worse, if I'm being honest. And I think we'll go over that in another episode. But I think... For the time being, unless you have any other thoughts. I do not. I'm going to go and take some more money and just go spend it next door. What? Guide dogs? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Excellent choice, sir. All right. Till next week. Until next week. And if you have any questions about guide dogs, shut up. I will answer a lot of them next one, next time we do this episode because I will also do the frequently asked questions that drive me and every other guide dog owner completely mad. So, hold your questions. Tweeters. Tweets. Tweet. <laughs> Until next week. Thanks for listening to the Seesaw Podcast. You can find us on Facebook at Seesaw Podcast, Twitter, Seesaw Pod. You can email us at seesawpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on TikTok and Instagram at Seesaw Podcast or Seesaw Pod, depending on which one we want. But get us on the other places. This podcast was recorded in front of a blind audience.